Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. New Barbies getting some backlash. More from CBS's Monica Ricks. Mattel's releasing a new doll tomorrow honoring late Cherokee Nation leader Wilma Mankiller. She was the first female chief of a major Native American tribe and was known for her fierce advocacy. But her doll is getting mixed reviews. Some Cherokees criticizing the new Barbie's appearance and clothing and say language symbols on the packaging are wrong. But others, including the tribe's current leader, are praising Mattel for the tribute, saying they hope Mankiller encouraged other young women and girls to speak up for indigenous and human rights. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Barbie can't escape controversy, I guess. I guess, well, I guess, Mattel, we're talking about it, so. Yep. That's, Keep it in the news. <laughs> they're not going to do a sequel to the movie. I'm that's disappointed. They're not, huh? Uh, they say that. Who yeah. knows in the end, but yeah. uh, there's a lot of money at stake. Matt was really upset that they didn't, oh. they didn't have us. And a sequel announced. But thank you, Kevin. Appreciate okay. it. Let's go to Mark Christopher in the Brown Panderas and Scott Traffic Center. Did you ever end up seeing Barbie or no? No. No. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. It's you, fantastic. You still, you still get royalties I'm made for that? of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, we have um, David Borges from CT Insider will join us to talk about UConn men's basketball in about 10 minutes and then... We'll have Greg Bordenero from the Hartford Business Journal to talk about Connecticut business and the Connecticut business blend, as we always do at 8.50 on Monday mornings. Be fun. Go out to eat, have a drink, and go to the show. Get some Twizzlers. I like Twizzlers when I go to the Bushnell. That's the, that's Yeah. That's a good way to go. It I, is a good way because it's not crunchy. You don't make a lot of noise. I told you about my tooth popping out last yeah. week. Yeah, so I don't want to. I'm not going to do. You got um, the repair though; it's good to go. Yeah, they popped it back in. Nice. Yeah, so we're good to go. But I, I'm going to stay away from super chewy stuff on that side of no my mouth. No jujubes, no dots. Right, no dots, no milk duds, which I love milk duds. Ooh. I mean, I love a, a good milk dud. Yeah, but you can't do that and oh, keep, keep your chews. crown. Because if this sucker <laughs> comes off, she's because like the tooth is right near the gum line. And basically, it was borderline for having to do like a crown lengthening or some other mm. crap. So if this thing doesn't stay, I'm gonna have to do some serious dental damage. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna be a good boy. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Caller number six. We're already swamped on the lines to see Beethoven in Hartford. They just wrote a big. Uh, actually, one of the things we'll talk about with Greg Bordenaro on the Connecticut business blend is about how the sort of the holiday theater schedule and calendar they're really banking on it you know being a big year so they can bring in some some dough if you will i did want to point out too uh, i think this was late last week so a lot of people didn't see it but uh the comptroller sean scanlon 
um, gave out the numbers for, you know, the general fund that now the expectation is that the state will end the fiscal year with a about $153 million surplus. And that's just, it's down. It keeps shrinking. But it still would keep the, the rainy day fund fully funded. It's just, again, and we've had all these different all these different budget projections. I don't understand. They come from all different offices. But the bottom line is, and this is when we get into the conversation about will Ned Lamont run for a third term, they, they don't. They don't project deficits in any right now, and things are fluid and things change. They don't project any deficits in the next five years, and the stock market's been strangely gangbusters to you know this last quarter of the year. So, and that's good for the coffers because you know people sell profits and pay taxes. And uh, just talking to a lot of people about about that, what Lamont's going to do, and. I, I think that if the fiscal landscape remains this way, he's a, he may well run for a third term. Obviously, a huge game Friday night. You know, the UConn men in Kansas at Foggy Allen Fieldhouse is one of the classic places to play, and they actually ended up with a tough start, ended up taking a lead in the second half and kind of, kind of I wouldn't say unraveled, but it just didn't, they didn't finish strong. Lose 69-65. And who knows where they'll be ranked this week. They should stay in the top ten, I think, because Kansas was top-five opponent. And they have coming up tomorrow, North Carolina. And so let's talk about it with our good friend David Borges from CT Insider joining us here on Brian & Company. David, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How's things? Uh, things are good. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game. I, was bounced, I had bounced around doing a few things, but... You know, from what I saw, and it's weird because you hear about the freshman class, you hear about all this other stuff, and it looked like they had Tristan Newton and nobody else. Like what? And I'm just curious. And Klingon, I don't know if he was hurt or he's out of shape. He just seemed out of sorts. But when he's not in the game, all they do they pass the ball a ton, but it doesn't see seems more hot potato than with a purpose. So I just you there, you're there every day. You know this team well. Like what? What was? What was the story? Well, I think for one, Kansas. Well, first of all, I think for one, you know, I've never been. I have never been in an environment like that, where you got sixteen thousand eight hundred people, loud and, and throughout the entire game, and just a, just a, a buzz throughout the entire this the um, the crowd throughout the entire night. And I think, and even Dan Hurley admitted this. I think it, it actually rattled you kind of a little bit. I mean, they played. Obviously, they played in the Final Four in front of seventy five thousand people, but I don't know if they've ever been in an environment where. 16,000 people are, are against them and just yeah. nonstop at the chance. So that, that, I think that threw them off kilter a little bit. And then Kansas, you know, played sort of like a switching defense, which against, against UConn, UConn runs are pretty complicated yet. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of different variations to it, but uh, it's a very smooth running offense. And I think they got thrown back by what Kansas was throwing at them too. And you throw in the fact that obviously Kansas is very good, very long, very tall, great size and great talent. Um, you know that he only played seven players. He didn't play two of the freshmen that, um, and obviously Steph Castle's still out hurt. But um, uh, two of the freshmen who've been seeing time didn't play at all. Hurley just left this one to the veterans, and um, they almost pulled it out, but they didn't quite do it. Yeah, he did. Bill Self kind of coach him a little bit, or is, I mean, listen, Dan Hurley won a national title, but he's you know he's still an emerging coach working on his game. Bill Self's been doing it a long time. Well, yeah, Bill Self was one of the best coaches. You know, maybe the well, certainly one of the best coaches of his generation, one of the top two or three coaches in the game right now. And 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just he's a, he's an excellent coach. Did he outcoach him? I don't know. It's yeah, hard to say, but um, certainly he's a tough guy to go against on the other side, on the opposite uh, sideline. You know, David Borges from CT Insider joining us here. I thinking to myself and watching a couple of those plays, I'm like, Tristan Newton just made the NBA. I just felt like that was a night on national TV in that kind of environment where he really opened a lot of eyes. Yeah, well, he certainly opened the eyes of people who. He wasn't even voted on any of the Big East preseason, not even honorable mention, uh, or first or second team. So he's a guy who's going to be in the conversation for All-America. You know, NBA for him is, I, I certainly hope it works out for him, and it very well may. Um, I just think it's going to be tough. I mean, he's just, you know, he is a 6'5", he's a big guard. Yeah. He's proven he can shoot. He's just, I don't know, if, you know, he's not incredibly athletic. Um, you know, I hope it works out. We'll see. But uh, he definitely, yeah, he, people know him now more than they did uh, three days ago. I want to ask you about Klingon. Did he get hurt? Uh, Klingon, well, he got, I think it was on a free throw. He wasn't shooting it, but, you know, boxing out or whatever. He got, then he fell to the floor and he kind of banged his arm, but he, and he played the rest of the game. Uh, I guess he had some ice on it afterwards, but that's fairly normal. Yeah. We'll find out from Dan Hurley. The, the bigger question is whether Cam Spencer is hurt because he, he, uh, he certainly was limping throughout much of the game, and he he's had some foot issues, both feet. And, um, again, we'll find out from Dan Hurley this afternoon, but uh, I think that might be the bigger issue, uh, Cam Spencer, right now. Yeah, he struggled, you know, shooting, and I don't know if it's injury-related or, you know, in that environment. I'm not saying that the previous opponents, you know, were easy, but maybe with with a longer team and a more athletic team, he didn't get as much separation as maybe he's used to uh, with, with his jump shot. He's a great shooter, obviously. We're talking with David Borges from CT Insider. I find Hurley... I find Hurley's, you know, candor. I don't know what he's like on a daily basis, and you can correct me. Just reading and listening to him, he's he's not afraid to say anything. And I, I was sort of delighted by his tweaking these teams about home and homes. Uh, does that <laughs> does that help him get them? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, this was a, this was the Big East Big Twelve Challenge, so this this wasn't a situation where you, you could be a home and home. Obviously, you know, they could schedule something down the road with Kansas and. That would be great. We, we'd all love to see that. Um, but, yeah, you know, with the, with the multi-team events that UConn plays in, with the, the very tough Big East schedule that they have, um, I don't even know. You know, I think they're definitely looking – they definitely would like to have one really good non-conference home game each year, and they, they don't really have one this year, obviously, because the Big East Big 12 – and they will have one next year against the Big 12 team. Right. Um, but uh, – yeah, you know, I think Dan was more irked that uh, the Bryant, uh, co- the Bryant coach, uh, called him out a few days ago, but supposedly ducking out of a game they were supposed to have in November. But uh, that's kind of a strange situation, right there. Yeah, didn't he take a crack? They were losing to Brown or something, and he said that in the news conference. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they ended up winning, beating Brown by a point, I think. But, oh, they uh, did. Yeah, they actually beat Florida Atlantic, who's ranked in the top fifteen uh, at Florida Atlantic you know, a few weeks ago. So I guess Bryant's okay, but. Um, yeah, the idea that they would be that UConn would be avoiding Bryant uh, is kind of silly. Yeah, that is silly. We're, uh, last question for you, and we appreciate the time as always. You know, you got Carolina tomorrow, and you know they they've got some. You know, they had a, a nice win over Tennessee. You know, they beat Florida State, they beat Arkansas, but they lost to Villanova. Um, any little preview tidbits for us? Well, they're very good. Um, they're high-powered offense. Armando Baycott is a, is a, is a six foot eleven center who's will be the second straight really tough center Donovan Klingon goes against. 
obviously not quite as big as Dickinson and more of a traditional kind of low post guy, but very talented. You know, North Carolina disappointed last year greatly. They were preseason number one. They didn't even make the tournament. I think they're um, a much better team this year. Um, they've got good guards and, like I said, Baycott in the middle. So it's going to be a tough challenge. Um, yeah, it's going to be a real good game. And um, I think the key is uh, could be it comes down to who wins that Baycott versus Klingon uh, battle. Yeah, I mean, to me, if he wasn't hurt, he seemed winded. Like, it seemed like he got real tired in that Kansas game, but obviously he's carrying a huge frame. Uh, listen, we'll be watching. We appreciate it, David, as always. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a good day, man. David Borges. CT Insider. He just knows. I mean, he's around the team all the time. Yeah, I like it when he corrects me. when I Because I, I, I swoop in and swoop out, right? And he's like, no, nah, well, that's not really the case. This is it. And I like that because it tells me how, how it is. And that's how it should be. Uh, we have Greg Bordenero coming up from the Connecticut Business Blend. He's he's with the Harvard Business Journal, but every Monday at 8.50, we do the Connecticut Business Blend. By the way, that game, is that game that game's at the Civic Center? Or is it at Gamble? I can't, I don't know where it is. But I know it's, no, it's in New York. Is it at MSG? We got to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, I think yeah. it's at Madison it's at Square Garden. Yeah, it's a 9 o'clock game. These 9 o'clock games kill me. I mean that's bad. That Same thing on Friday. Back. Friday Come felt on. a little late for me, but on a weekday, please. I didn't, I know it's good for the TV audience and everything like that. Uh, it's really exciting for, for for the UConn men to be this good and playing. I love tough non-conference schedules. I just love it because you get to really get a sense of it, and then you can see these guys in March and beat them in March, even if you lose to them in December. Um, I, it'd be fun to see Kansas again. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And finally, millions of families are decorating their homes for the holidays with Christmas trees, lights, and candles. Some of those decorations, though, can lead to a disaster. CBS News correspondent Skylar Henry has more on how quickly things can go wrong. During the holiday season, the CPSC says there are about 160 Christmas decorating-related injuries each day. More than 40% of those incidents involve falls. In 2021, Ken Wilson was putting up outdoor Christmas lights when he fell 11 feet onto the concrete and fractured six ribs. Ouch. Experts say when you buy a real Christmas tree, make sure it's not already dry. If you're buying an artificial one, make sure it is fire resistant. And stay off the roof, I would think. Yeah. You know, jeez. <laughs> Matt, you go fake tree, right? Fake tree, all day. Kevin, you go fake tree? Fake. fake. I, got, I got enough goldfish and Oreo cookies that yeah. sweep up. I don't need to sweep up pine needles, Exactly, too. yes. Grumpy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sweeping. Go, my, my, like you're toiling my at home on a thing. constant basis. My kid's new thing is to take his golfer's crackers and just press down on them, and he loves watching them just poof, explode in the shards of pieces. That's really not fun, actually. That's not fun at all. <laughs> you, no. need, you need to get a dog. Maverick, if you're listening, stop doing yeah, that. He's listening. <laughs> to us. He's a big fan. And the dogs are the best sweepers you can get, man. Gypsy, gypsy, gypsy mops the floor. <laughs> she does. She doesn't just get that that goldfish off. She'll clean the spot. <laughs> so and Mark knows how that goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I know it all too well. All right, Bob, thank you very much. We have the Connecticut Business Blend coming up in about a little less than 10 minutes. We'll talk with Greg Bordenero, the Hartford Business Journal. Uh, the SNL, we were just talking off off mic. Uh, you know, Noah Kahn, who's now this hugely popular um, musician, played SNL. I didn't watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, I was up in Maine in a hotel room with my daughter. Actually, we should have watched it. We forgot it was on, and we went to bed at, like before midnight, so we would only seen the open. I think it was Emma Stone doing her fifth yeah. fifth one, and and I I watched some clips yesterday, and because they just they just skewered George Santos, which I didn't think was that funny because it's so easy and obvious. Yeah. Like I think Bowen Yang, who was amazing, I think he's so talented. Uh, he he does the George Santos, and he's funny. I just thought it was like, yeah, the guy is a total liar and a fraud, and so you can make a couple jokes. But like they did a bunch during Weekend Update too, I guess. And but I I would say it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that. I I I I guess I can't figure out if you just sort of that balance. We talked about it with David Lightman between innocent and pro- till proven guilty. Like mm. he's actually not been convicted of a right. crime. At the same time, the stuff that the ethics committee dug up is so bad. And what do you do? And I, I thought the Republicans deserved credit because it thins their majority even more. And but they realized, I mean, maybe there's some selflessness to it, a, a selfish motivation. I don't know, know, but I can't find one. Yeah. And so the fact that they realize like this guy's got to go, I think that that's that's a good thing. And even they might even lose that seat. I don't. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's time to sort of not keep a low bar for people in D.C. And I think the bar is so low, and I'm not going to go to where I think why I think it's so low. But what I would say is that the bar's low. Why do we have to keep the bar so low? <laughs> I know. So let's it's not. So bad. So even some would say they come back and say, well, if that's your, if your low bar is George Santos, then it's still too low, <laughs> right? And I get that, but I I just feel like. So at least a stand was taken, which hasn't happened in years. So I don't know what's going to happen to Bob Menendez mm. and all that other stuff, but I think it's clear, like, we, we need to be better. We need better people. Listen, I, I don't want to change the subject. We have, like, a quick minute here. And mm-hmm. you talked about the Patriots game and everything, but how was the hockey game on, on uh, what was it, a Saturday night? So, so funny. We, it was incredible. So first of all, Colby College for a Division Three hockey team, th- their rink is insane. It's it's almost like the UConn rink, except it's just yeah. a little smaller. I mean, it's beautiful. Main thing, serious, got, yeah, yeah. And it was packed, and the students came in, you know, with the shirts off and the the letters on their <laughs> chest and all this other stuff. And it was it was it was intense. It was the rivalry game? Chippy, chippy. Yeah. Really chippy. And the thing was is that we were staying like an hour and fifteen minutes away, and so it was one zero Colby. 
at the end of two periods, and Bowden was better too. They were better. They were also dirty, and I was kind of rooting for Colby. And and, and but even still, and then you know both of us were like, well, if we stay for the rest of the game, we won't get to the hotel till like eleven thirty, mm. and we have to get up super early. So we're like, you know what? As sad as it is, you know, and I'm not a leave early guy. She's like, maybe we should go. So it turns out in the first eight minutes of the third period, there were five goals scored. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was crazy. And then Col- Colby went up 2-0, then went down 3-2, and then tied it up 3-3. Three, three. And, oh, and so no. she, and the, the, we found out about this late because I was like, check on the score. And so as we're driving, she she brought up the live feed, and we watched the end of the game, and it ended up tied 3-3 three, three after overtime. Did you know college plays 3-on-3 three on three overtime? Oh, that must be insane! Crazy. Insane, so good, and so it was a great environment. Colby College has a gym, uh, uh, you know, that's like, it's like, and some people say it's it's like a spaceship landed in Maine with mm. like a twenty twenty three. Did she like the college, like the environment and everything? She or? did. It's tough because she like Colby has like a nicer campus, but she got a better vibe from the kids at Bowdoin, mm. and we both would like her to go to Colby. Or at least a mom one too, yeah. yeah. So, but so where my wife was kind of ticked at me. She's like, "You're agreeing with this?" I'm like, "I'm telling you the truth. The people seem nicer at Boda. What am I supposed to say? You know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to lie?" And she's like, "Come on, you got to get on the board with the program." I was like, "Okay, I'm sorry." Uh, anyway, yeah, it was great. It was great. Your time's eight forty-seven. And now the Connecticut Business Blend with the Hartford Business Journal on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, Greg Bordenero joining us for the Connecticut Business Blend. Of course, Greg at the Hartford Business Journal. Greg, good morning. How are you? Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm good. Uh, let's start with this this big purchase. I was uh, walking around Hartford yesterday. Actually, I walked around with the the folks of the the Metro Hartford Alliance and looked down to Pratt Street and a whole bunch of stuff. And and you know, we talked about the the Rensselaer campus because I was at Duncan Park for the Salvation Army kickoff of our holiday store. And it's a big piece of property. It's a good piece of land, and it's now been sold. To give us some details on the sale. Yeah, it's a 12, 12.7-acre campus. Uh, RPI was there for, for years. They got out of it around the time of the, the pandemic. Um, and it was just bought by Randy Salvatore, probably a familiar name for people who are familiar with Hartford at this point. Uh, he bought it last week for $3.8 million. And he's planning a large-scale redevelopment. The first phase, uh, well, the first phase, he's going to be knocking down all the buildings currently on campus there. Um, he, said he expects to start that within 60 days. And then there's going to be several phases of development. The first phase will be about... 473 apartments and two buildings and a 507 space parking garage. That's going to be about a $125 million project. And then he's looking at multiple phases, possibly up to as many as a um, thousand apartments in that area. So the first phase, how many apartments did you say in the first phase? Uh, 473. Okay. And when would that come online? Uh, I don't know the exact time frame, but probably, you know, you're looking two years down the line when you consider that he's got to sort of, you know, knock down what's currently there. There might be some remediation and, you know, these things never, uh, never happen quickly. And that's, but the first phase is definitely happening. Yeah. Yeah. The first phase is definitely happening. Yep. Yep. So I, you know, I think about Pratt street and all the cool businesses that are open and opening. I just hope at times, okay, with people coming in and these businesses still, Still there. I mean, because I just I think there's so many cool things going on. I just hope that it matches up timing wise with it. Um, I also wanted to talk about the uh, the Cigna Humana. I don't think we got a chance to talk about that last week. I think every time there's consolidation in this space and there's offices in Connecticut, 
it means job losses. I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's got to be that way, right? Uh, I mean, any, every merger will, will, will have mo- – most mergers will have job losses because that's part of the uh, sort of math of these deals is you consolidate duplicative positions so you save money there, and that's how you sort of make these things pencil out in part. Um, and, and Connecticut, you know, in these big, massive corporate mergers, Connecticut is often a loser in these things because it's usually a bigger company buying up one of our companies. In this case, Cigna is the bigger company, so that is maybe provides us some solace. Uh, Humana is based in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Um, Cigna is obviously based in Bloomfield. Cigna moved its headquarters to Bloomfield in 2011, if people remember that uh, under Governor Daniel Malloy, he gave Cigna $50 million to move its headquarters there, add 200 jobs. It was a controversial deal. That deal actually angered Aetna, uh, which was part of the reason that Mark Bordellini was going to move Aetna's headquarters to New York City, but that's a, a story for another day. Um, so I, I think you know C- Connecticut could be okay in that deal. Um, just because Cigna is a bigger company, it's headquartered in in, in Bloomfield. Um, you know, Connecticut is a bigger insurance market than Louisville, Kentucky. But you know, Connecticut might lose some 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 positions in that deal. Louisville might be a little bit more nervous if if that deal goes through. We're talking with Greg Bordenero from the Hartford Business Journal on the Connecticut Business Blend here on Brian and Company uh, Theaters, Hartford. Uh, the holidays are. We were just talking about Beethoven just a little bit ago, which is this coming weekend. Uh, are they expecting like a nice pop here from the the holiday shows? Yeah, so like much like uh, you know retailers depend on the Christmas time Christmas shopping for a lot of their revenue. For 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 some theaters, Christmas time and the holidays are also a big time because they put out their annual holiday shows. Um, for Hartford Stage is a big one. Uh, Harvest Stage is a Christmas carol. They've done that for 23 seasons. They haven't done it since pre-pandemic, and that usually generates about 20% of their annual ticket sales revenue. Wow, are you serious? Uh, 20%? Yeah, 20, 20% of their $3.6 million ticket uh, revenue. And they haven't had the Christmas carol since pre-pandemic, um, and you know they're still struggling, like most theaters are, to get that full audience back from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, their, their, their overall revenues were down about a million dollars compared to pre-pandemic coming into this winter season. Um, so this is a big time for them you know other theaters also have all these sort of christmas shows or holiday shows and and so far what they're telling us is that they've seen um ticket sales higher than expected so things are, are trending in okay. a positive direction but um you know the, the theaters are still trying to figure out how to get those people back um back to the audience because it's it's been a slow haul back for them yeah well, we gotta, gotta get people downtown you know i didn't this isn't our pre you know we we communicate before the show but uh i did see that the armstrong Armstrong Rockwell Jewelers closing in Hartford. Is that just for lack of business or, or, um, or what? That's, I mean, it, it, it could be lack, lack of business. That's an owner who's um, you know, in his elder years now, and he's been there in Hartford for 50 years. Um, and I, I guess he hasn't found uh, you know, somebody to take over the store. Um, it's a closure. I, you know, but that's probably a, a tough business. Um, you know, there's a couple other shops like that, like Stackpole Moore, who's been around Hartford forever. Um, you know, those are, those are tougher business to have in, in downtown right now, especially you know, those are looking for more high-end buyers. Those high-end buyers have increasingly gone to West Hartford for jewelry or even Glastonbury. So that, you know, that is a tough business. And you know, when you were talking about the timing of things, you know, Pratt Street's sort of been advertising itself as – as you know, this new birth in, in Pratt Street, and I, I just feel like the timing of Hartford has been off for the last few years, and and I think you do bring a good point. You know, will that timing continue to be off in terms of when these new businesses come online and when some more of these apartments open up? Yeah, well, how do you view it? Because I, you know, I went around and I, I just, first of all, I love entrepreneurship because, as I say to people, I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body, so I have such respect for the people who take these risks. 
and I see these cool cool spots. I mean, these are really good ideas and concepts, and I'm just I'm just hoping people go. But then I walk in Hartford at noon on a Friday, and there's just not a lot of people. Yeah, and, you know, part of the problem with Hartford is there's still not a lot of apartments. You know, we talk about apartment development. You know, it, it would appear that you know they're building apartments every other day. A, these projects take a long time to come to fruition, and the reason that these developers are so bullish on Hartford is because there just aren't a lot of apartments in Hartford to to begin with, um, especially market rate apartments downtown. Whereas you know, cities like Boston, New York City, they have thousands and thousands of apartments. Hartford has never built out its apartment uh, portfolio. And so we're really playing catch up. And, you know, so it's, it, yeah, timing is important. When do these units actually come online? And is, are there enough people who, who live here? Because obviously the office workers, that number is, is still significantly down from pre-pandemic and probably not coming back uh, in big numbers anytime soon. So it, it really, Hartford needs more residents downtown in order to help these small businesses and get more vibrancy in the city. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Greg, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Have a great week. All right, you too, Brian. All right, Greg Bordenero from the Hartford Business Journal. This is uh, the Connecticut Business Blend. To that point, Melissa Melanson, uh, she's, I think, co-owner of Emery's Treats and Sodas, which is right around the corner from Pratt Street, and I think it's opening this week. And I went in there. That place is awesome. It's like an old-school soda jerk with this stuff you can buy. It's just a really cool spot. And she'll be joining us tomorrow. Uh, it's seven twenty. If you want to hear, and 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 they're doing so much of the work themselves, and it's just it's kind of inspiring. And so I, I I want people to listen. I want people to go down there. I want them to spend their money so these things can succeed. Also, Michael Coyne will join us, dean of the Mass School of Law. We'll talk about the legacy and life of Sandra Day O'Connor. So join us tomorrow. We start at five thirty, of course, all the way to nine a.m. And look where we are: five, four, three, two, one. Be safe out there. It's nine o'clock. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.